This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, listen, people will tell you that appearances really don't matter, that first impressions are not a thing. <clears throat> they are. It matters. It matters, and also the briefcase that you carry matters. Let me talk to you about that for a minute. Are you still rocking that old college backpack? Are you taking that to work or around town? If so, it is time to grow up, look the part. Get yourself a Daniels briefcase. Let me tell you about Daniels. Daniels is a New York City-based men's leather briefcase brand that is making boys look like men one bag at a time. And the best part is you can afford this bag before you land the big job. Here's how. They cut out the middlemen. They sell directly to you. And because of that, they can offer a high-quality, luxury leather briefcase at an incredibly reasonable price of $195. It's comparable to luxury brand names with starting prices close to 500 bucks. Right now, you can get $25 off your Daniels briefcase at DanielsNYC.com. Again, DanielsNYC.com, but you have to use the promo code ROME at checkout. That'll get you $25 off one of their leather briefcases, and they offer free shipping. Again, DanielsNYC.com, promo code ROME, $25 off a handcrafted, high-quality leather briefcase with free shipping. DanielsNYC.com, DanielsNYC.com, promo code ROME. The only thing that bothers me, or has ever bothered me, I mean, is the fact that they say, why didn't you fight Hagler a second time? He didn't want to fight. He went to, Marvin went to uh, Milan. He went to Italy. I would have gave him a rematch. Why wouldn't I? Why do you think he left the way he did? The fact that of all the people, of all the fighters, me, you know, got the decision. He, he couldn't live with him. Hell yes. What's cracking? Jim Rome with you. And it feels great to be back, blowing a little bit of dust off the old side hustle after two weeks away. How y'all living? Welcome to the Jim Rome podcast, specifically welcome to Ep91. My guest this week is International Boxing Hall of Famer and Olympic gold medalist Sugar Ray Leonard. Now, if you know anything about me and my approach to this, it's that I do not root. I don't play favorites. I'm paid not to root or play favorites. That said, Ray Leonard is not only one of my favorite boxers ever, he's one of my all-time favorite athletes. There, I said it. I'll stand by it. A Hall of Famer with an unbelievable flair for the dramatic who was part of many of the greatest moments that I've ever seen in sports. Literally, any sport. Today, Ray is an analyst for Zone. He's an author, he's a philanthropist, and he is a big-time golfer. So much to get caught up on past, present, and future, so let's not waste another second. Let's ring the damn bell, touch gloves on episode 91 of the Jim Rome Podcast with Sugar Ray Leonard. So, Ray, it's so great to get caught up with you. Now, you have lived an amazing life both in and outside the ring. And to me, Ray, I don't know how you've done this. I think you've somehow reversed the aging process. You look amazing. You're, you're an analyst. You're active with your foundation. Bring me up to date. How's life? What's your mission now? You know, Jim, first of all, it's great talking to you, man. And, uh, you know, life is great. I, I'm truly a blessed man. I've been in this, in this sport for 
nearly 40-some years, uh, have come out somewhat unscathed. Um, life is great, you know. Um, my kids, what they call that when all your kids leave the house, because we're now in, in the process of selling our home because it, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just it's too, too big. It's just too much, I, I should say. And, um, you know, life is wonderful. I, unfortunately, I lost my dad about a year or so ago, uh, 95 years old, um, taking care of mom. Mom's, uh, she's a, a very feisty uh, 90-year-old. Uh, life is good. My kids are getting bigger, taller, and, and more demanding. <laughs> but uh, things, are, things are fantastic, man. I hear that. I hear all that, Ray. So, you know, you said, when we look back on your career, Ray, you said something really interesting not long ago. You said that before fights, that if you looked in the mirror and you saw Sugar Ray Leonard, you knew you couldn't lose, but if you saw Ray Leonard, it was going to be a rough night. What did you mean by that? You know, Jim, I, I, I swear, I look in that mirror, and, and I do that a lot when I was getting ready for fights, and it's just that I look in the mirror and then I, I see who I am. I see what's go, what it's going to take to beat my opposition. And although it's been rare, I mean, it maybe happened maybe five times out of my entire career that I look in that mirror and I see the civilian, Ray Leonard, and I'm saying it's going to be a tough fight. But for the most part, I've been able to overcome those things. I, I kind of, you know, dug down even deeper to uh, make that not be the case. I'm going to go back to that point in a minute, Ray, about you digging deep, because that's always been one of my favorite things about your career. But let me ask you this, because you fought during an amazing era for the fight game. There were so many great fighters, and the best fought the best, and there were so many super fights, and you were right in the middle of so many of them. Look, I'm not saying that there aren't great fighters today, Ray, because of course there are, but what happened to the fight game, and could it be anywhere near like it was during your era? Well, you know, it's... First of all, there's more money on the table, no question about that. And there's more uh, exposure. There's more publicity. I mean, everything, I mean, it's all relative. It's all, I mean, it's like when Muhammad Ali was fighting. And Ali May, I think Ali May, what, $5 million when he fight when he fought Joe Frazier. Then I come up, I'm making five, ten, you know, whatever, 15. Uh, then, they, then who else, who comes behind me? Uh, Mike Tyson, like in 20, 30, 40, 50, and even more. And then it's, it's, it's Oscar De La Hoya making, you know, that amount. And then it's Mayweather making that amount. And then it's uh, Canelo making that amount. I mean, it goes, Joshua, Anthony Joshua, it just keeps going on and on. Because now there's more platforms. I believe that's the case. If there's more platforms, there's more people uh, interested in that, uh, in that fight. And to that point, Ray, we can't help when we were born, right? It's all timing. It's all yep. timing. We can't help that. So I got to ask you, Ray, about some of the great fights. Like, for instance, you know, I can remember growing up and watching you. And, for instance, like Wilfred Benitez. I can remember, Ray, how hyped I was the day of that fight. I remember it. Benitez was a prodigy. He was a world champion at 17. This guy was so skilled. Looking back on that, Ray, how hard of a guy was he to hit, and how tough a fight was that for you? You hit, you hit the, the word around. I mean, prodigy. He was a prodigy. At, at the tender age of 17, world champion, he was so gifted. You know, what, I, what bothers me, he doesn't get the, the, uh, the props that he deserved. I mean, but the case, 
case is, he didn't beat any of us. He didn't beat me, Duran, you know. Um, but he was an amazing guy. Uh, I never, I never missed so many punches in my career, total, than I did against Benitez. He and he was sharp. He was there, then he wasn't there. You know, I actually went to the hospital after that fight because I was so dehydrated. And when I got back to my hotel, for some reason, someone suggested I hop in hot water, a tub of hot water, which I did, which, you know, it, it, I, I was about to black out. So I was rushed to the hospital, dehydration. Uh, the next day, I, I was okay. But um, I remember that fight vividly. I totally I remember that fight so much because I wanted to win so bad, and I knew that the fight was pretty close. That was a super fight. Now, Ray, that fight was close. Did you win that fight with that great hand speed, your athleticism, or did you win that fight with your heart? I, I think, I, well, I don't think, I know. The, the speed was a factor, a major, major factor, but it was also my heart. You know, I dug down, I dug deep, and I, I didn't really catch up with him until the later rounds. And that's when he became more uh, stationary, if you will. Then, Ray, of course, there's Roberto Duran. Now, you two are friends now, and that's understandable. But when you first fought Duran, what did you think of him personally? I hated that son of a bitch. Right? <laughs> I hated him. I, I never hated a guy. I'll put it this way. I, no one has ever gotten under my skin like he did. It was such a lesson. He's such a lesson. Uh, because, and although he couldn't really speak English that well, he gave hand, I mean, hand languages and hand gestures. And, he, and when he cursed my wife, I mean, I was, I was, behind, I mean, I was like, I want to get him so bad. And the first thing I said, I want to be him at his own game. I'm gonna make him, make him uh, regret this. And Durant hit me so hard, so many times, and I've never been hit like that and hurt like that. And he was a perpetual motion. I mean, as small as he was, he became a, a welterweight. And his punches were, they call him what, Milo's Day Pietras, hands of stone. His, his hands were like stone. I mean, Ray, the amazing thing, my takeaway from that is he did to you what you did to most guys. He yeah. got under your skin. He oh, got in your head. It changed the way you were going to fight. I mean, you stood right in front of him and fought his fight, right? I did. I did. In fact, you know, um, when I would go back to my corner, um, Angelo Dundee and James Morton and Dave Jacobs, they were like, you know, more, more, just more punches, more land, land, that's what the key was, land more punches. And he was just so elusive. Benitez was such an incredible uh, boxer, if you will. So then Duran beat you, Ray, and then you wanted a rematch. And not only did you want a rematch, Ray, you wanted a rematch as quickly as possible. Why did you want such a short turnaround for that rematch? Because I kind of knew Roberto Duran's lifestyle, that he would party and he would gain a, uh, more than a few pounds. He would gain an enormous amount of weight. I mean, talking 30, 40 pounds or even more. And, uh, and the fight was, it was unprecedented, that rematch. Less than what five months, I think it was, and um, I think that was one of the factors—not the factor, but one of the factors—and also the fact that he beat me. I, I think that he he took he took me for granted that I was kind of one-dimensional, but that's when I did the boxing thing and the thing with the sticking the chin out, winding up my arm. Those things were 
spontaneous. I didn't, I didn't train like that. But it, it, well, when I did that and the, and the audience fans would laugh, I say, I got him. Because I looked in his eyes and I saw he was like, he was so confused about my movement. Ray, so, I mean, when you, you were mocking him, you were taunting him, you went with that bolo punch, but, Ray, you said it yourself, this guy had Manos de Piedro, hands of stone. This guy hit as hard as anybody almost that you ever fought. Would you have ever stuck your chin out in front of Roberto Duran prior to that? Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I, looking back in retrospect, I, that happened. I mean, that, that happened so, it was so easy. And when I did that, and then the, the, the fans would laugh, they, and they did laugh. And I looked at his expressions on his face because Durant to me was like a bully, you know. And if you do things like that, mock him, they'll do, bullies would do one or two things. They would get at you and find a way to get close to you and, and bang you up. Or they will run away. And Durant, that particular night, wanted to run away from what was taking place. I mean, you made him quit, right? He, one of the baddest dudes ever... Yeah. Flat out quit on the biggest stage. When you saw that and you realized what was happening, what did you think? I thought it was a trick. I thought he tried to lure me closer, get me in, and you know, make me think that he was not doing right, doing well. Uh, but I, the referee, just jumped and said, "No, no, 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 no," because he gave him two chances. Like and he get... asked him twice. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned, Ray, you guys, you're friends now, but he he said recently. Hey, look, Ray knows he never actually beat me. Ray knows that, and Ray will take that to his grave. What's your response to that? Uh, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm pretty healthy. No, but, no, but you know, and I, again, I love Duran. We, we, we're friends. And, but if he believes that, fine. It's okay with me. You know what? I, I know what I did. He knows what he did. We're the only two that knows for sure what took place. Uh, in that ring. I don't know, Ray. I was not in the ring, but I'm pretty sure I know what took place. You you mocked him, you taunted him, and he got frustrated and he quit. Yeah, yeah. He threw us. You know what? The way I picture this, I said, well, he, Duran was like a, and I hate to use suicide, but he was like a suicidal victim who jumps off a bridge and then halfway down he says, damn, I could have went into therapy. Hmm. You know? Right. He jumped off and he, because he, he was frustrated. He was so frustrated that he threw his hands up without realizing the ramifications it would have on his, on his legacy. Yeah, exactly. That, that, to me, is what that was. And he later would say, oh, I had cramps, I was hurt, I was sick. And he looked fine. He looked fine. But- you know, also, Jim, the thing about, okay, if he had cramps, if he really had cramps, and, and again, I'm saying this in a in, in hard way, good way. Um, if he had cramps, I mean, he, he's been fighting for 50 years. We know how to eat. We know, we know exactly what doesn't doesn't do well with our stomach. You just don't have cramps all of a sudden. Body as temple. You're a professional athlete. Yeah. You know what to put yeah. in your body. So, Ray, I, I got to pick my spots because there are so many amazing fights. But, like, boxing, Ray, is such a brutal sport. But at that time, 
I don't know that there was anyone, and you tell me if you feel differently, but I don't know that there was anybody at that time who was destroying fighters the way Tommy Hearns was. I mean, utter destruction. Great fighters. I'll never forget, Ray, what he did to Pepino Cuevas, who I thought was a tremendous fighter. You fought Tommy that first time. You both had belts, and the thinking was that you might be in pretty deep going into that fight. What was your biggest concern about Hearns? I was ringside for that fight with Pepino Cuevas. And he un- he annihilated. I hope there's a another adjective I can use because it was he destroyed Papino because Papino when he hit you it was pretty much over too. But but Tommy Hearns was such a beast. He was such a freak of nature. I mean his height, his reach, his power in both hands, and his heart. Tommy has huge heart. Then sometimes they they, would, they got him in trouble, but for the most part. Tommy just just broke down, guys, just break him down. Body shots and a long, spaz, and powerful jab he had. Tommy was a beast. Hey, now, why does Men's Health call the Peloton bike, quote, the best cardio machine on the planet, end quote? I can tell you why. Because it is. I know this because I've had one. I've had it, and I still do, and I use it, and I love it. Here's why I love my Peloton. Number one, it's an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will keep you coming back day after day after day. And it's so convenient. You can work up a great sweat at home, and you can do so for less than the cost of a studio class. I love my Peloton. It takes up almost no space. It's right there in my office, and it's paid for itself many times over. Plus, one subscription is all you need to get unlimited classes for your entire family. No sooner than I had that bad boy, my son Jake's like, Dad, how do I get shoes? How do I get on that thing? I said, it's easy, son. And again, it's right there for you. No commute, no reservations. Thousands of rides that you can take live or on demand anytime you want, all for less than the cost of a studio class. And right now, Peloton is offering a limited-time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike. Get an amazing cardio workout at your home. Go to OnePeloton.com. OnePeloton.com. Use the promo code Rome and get started. OnePeloton.com. Use the promo code Rome. It is one of my favorite products ever. You know, Ray, I can say this. Uh, you... You're my favorite fighter ever, and I'm not supposed to say shit like that in my position because I got to be objective, but you are, and you're one of my favorite athletes ever, and for one of the reasons is something you mentioned earlier when we started this conversation. I would watch you fight, and especially in that fight, and it would seem like you were totally spent, you're sitting on empty, you've got nothing yet some nothing left, I mean, yet somehow, some way, you could draw upon this this reserve and finish out of nowhere and in spectacular fashion. And I saw you do that time and time again. How did you do that? Where would you find that extra energy or reserve? Where did that come from? You know, Jim, we know, uh, and you hit that right on the head. Um, I spoke with Muhammad Ali a long time ago, and so she was such a dear friend of mine, and he said, Ray, you know, when I fought uh, Joe Frazier the third time, he said that was the closest thing to death. And I looked at him like he was crazy. I said, death? That was it. That was that same moment. That same moment it, with Tommy Hearns. I, I had to reach down because we were called upon to face it or give up. And, I, and again, I, I can't emphasize enough how exhausted I was, how tired I was. My arms, my legs, but my mind and my heart 
never wavered. And I got off that stool because that's when Angelo Dundee said, you're blowing it, son, you're blowing it. And again, the perfect sound bite, the perfect sound bite. I knew Angelo. I knew exactly what he said and what he meant. He didn't have to scream at me. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get activated that way. He just said it in a very calm-like manner. You're blowing it, son. You're blowing it. I got off that stool, and I caught time with the right hand, and I threw punches like I, it was the first round. I just, my, that's, the kind of, that's my DNA. It was a famous soundbite. Angelo Dundee, I think it was before the 13th round, yep. where he said, you're blowing it, son. You're blowing, blowing it. it. You're blowing it. Hey, you know, Ray, you, the word you used, I think, is perfect. You activated it. Could, yep. you, could you activate that type of thing when you needed it? Could you consciously activate it? How do you activate that? You know what? I give motivational speaking and all over the world, and I, I talk about power, prepare, overcome, win every round. And I say, we all have this hidden reservoir of strength. I say, it's like the woman who tries who lifts a car up a child when, you know, to save a kid. The same thing. We have it, but we, the difference is I, I can be activated. Can you activate that, that thing, that magic, that, that wand or something? You know, Ray, so you retired. Well, you retired a few times, but <laughs> I, I got to say, one of the times when you, when you came out of retirement to fight a guy in Marvin Hagler who essentially oh was, oh my God, this guy, right? He was thought to be unbeatable, indestructible. I mean, he was in his prime and also obliterating world-class fighters. And you came out of retirement and literally, Ray, you were going to get the hell off your couch and fight this guy. It seemed, it, as much respect as I had for you, it seemed like the craziest idea ever. Like, Ray, what were you thinking and what was the reaction in the boxing world when you said, I'm coming out of retirement, and by the way, I'm going to fight Hagler? I saw him fight uh, John DeBeast Mugabe, and I saw something. And then I remember him fighting Roberto Duran, Hagler fighting Roberto Duran. After that fight, and I thought Duran would get knocked out cold because Duran is not really that big, but he, you know, he puts on that weight. But after the fight, Duran came over to the um, uh, ringside and said, you box him, you beat him. He say told me that, and and again, I, I I said I can win, I can win, I can do this. The world thought the world thought I was crazy, and they say also the concerns were first of all I, I had that that partial detached retina, and and they just thought I would be just seriously injured. Uh, I don't think maybe out of a hundred people. Maybe one person would think, and it probably was a relative, had thought I could win. My father believed I could win, but you know, um, I don't think no one else believed it. And it's not, and it's not looking down, but it's fact of the reality of it. Hagler was a beast in that ring. And then I got first of all, I got knocked down. I came back and got knocked down by Kevin Howard. And Kevin Howard is no marvelous Marvin Hagler. Ray, I remember that. I remember that. It seemed like it was kind of a flash knockdown, but at the same time, obviously, I know where you're going with that. The thinking is, well, hell, if Kevin Howard is yeah. knocking Ray Leonard down, right. what is Hagler going to do? Kill him. Yeah, like, and you had never been down before, right? When he knocked you no, down? No, Kevin, that was the first time. Yeah, first time I've been down. All right, so were you were you actually hurt or just kind of embarrassed? No, no, just embarrassed. More, more embarrassed than hurt. He hit me on, on the temple, which knocks off your equilibrium. And... You know, you go down, you go down, and it's, you know, how do I get down here? Yeah, right. 
Yeah. All right. So, but Hagler, though, the other thing about this, Ray, and some people know this, but not everybody, before the fight, about five days before that fight with Hagler, a sparring partner nearly knocked you out. So how did that make your handlers feel, the people around you, and how'd that make you feel? What kind of an impact did that have on you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I remember that. Five, it was five days before the fight, and I got hit. And uh, in the car, going, going back home, it was, it was quiet. I mean, definitely quiet in that car. No one said a word. No one said a word. So when I got back to my, my room, I called my trainer, my partner. I said, Mike, they don't think I'm going to win. He said, what happened? I said, nothing happened. And um, that was such a key factor because originally I was going to stand toe-to-toe. Because I thought, you know, I looked at, we looked at, I looked at Hagler, you know, his uh, cuts over his eyes, that they would be easier to reopen. Uh, that punch that nearly knocked me out saved, made me fight the fight I fought against Hagler. See, that's so interesting to me, Ray, because remember, Duran said to you, you just said it, he told you to box him. Yep. We know what happens. At, why don't you ask Tommy Hearns what happens if you stand in front of Hagler, right? Yeah. But, but you were going to stand in front of him. I was. I really, I mean, I mean whenever, whenever, whenever I reveal this, I get chills, man. I said, what the hell? I mean, really? Uh, one punch, one punch. Uh, changed my life and it was a punch and it, it was in a sparring session it wasn't even during a fight no i know yeah exactly so ray like to this day people still argue over who won that fight now again i i have always maintained that you won that fight it was a really close fight you've always been honest about your fights did you win that fight that night yes i did yes i did but you know what even if i didn't win didn't raise my hand i still won yeah you did i still won no i mean and you know what? The only thing that bothers me, or has ever bothered me, I mean, you know, is the fact that um, they say, "Why didn't you fight Hagler a second time?" He didn't want to fight. He went. Marvin went to uh, Milan. He went to Italy, and lived out there. Started, started living there for a while. I would. I would have gave him a rematch. Why wouldn't I? Ray, why? Why did he go? to Milan. I mean, did he go to act, or do you think that that loss embarrassed him and he left? Why do you think he left the way he did? You know what? It, it's like this. It's like Joe Frazier never, I mean, they respect each other, but he, they, he never felt comfortable around Muhammad Ali because Ali kind of stole the show or just was just a bit too much. If, if, that, if that loss to Hagler with Hagler would have been with against Duran or Tommy Hearns, you, we will be talking now. We will be talking. He would accept that. But the fact that of all the people, of all the fighters, me, you know, got the decision. He, he couldn't live with that. I know exactly what you're saying. Wait, yeah. let, me ask you, let me ask you about one more fight. And I, I want to be honest, because I've been honest with you about how much I thought of you as a fighter. Right. And... You know, a fight that I was a little bit conflicted in, honestly. And again, I'm not, I don't root. They pay me not to root. 
but I always rooted for you. But the one fight that was interesting to me was the fight that you had with Terry Norris. And I bring this up because I took a tremendous liking to Terry Norris on the way up as a fighter. I liked him as a guy. I thought he was a great athlete. I thought he was very flashy. And I remember when you took that fight, I remember thinking, man, that's a really dangerous fight. But Ray always knows what he's doing. Ray is so analytical. What, did, what were you thinking about Norris going into that fight? And what do you remember about that night? Well, you know, and I hate, and I'm not making any excuse whatsoever, but in the, in the gym, I was looking great. And then, you know, I, I pulled a couple of things, and, and I wasn't at my best. I wasn't 100%. And again, taking nothing away from Terry. Terry, to me, was an incredible champion, a fantastic fighter, and he beat me fair and square. He just totally knocked me like I was an old man. Um, that's what it was. He was just faster, stronger, quicker, more confident. And uh, I, I think I walked into that ring a little bit too much, too, too much uh, civilized. When I was at my best, Jim, at my best, I was, a, I was a beast. I could hit that switch and I'd go for you. If I hurt you, it's over. I didn't get a chance to hurt Terry. Terry, Terry was just too. He was just too quick. His A game was there. He did. I mean, he did. He did what he wanted to do. It's Nas' response, by the way, and you were just civilized. Hiring is challenging. You probably know this. But there is one place where you can go where hiring is actually simple and it's fast and it's smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. You know that place. ZipRecruiter.com slash clones. ZipRecruiter.com slash clones. Here's what makes it so easy. ZipRecruiter can send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then invites them to apply for your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. I'll tell you how effective this is. ZipRecruiter is so good that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through their site on the very first day. Fact. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash clones, ZipRecruiter.com slash clones. I use this service myself. It's extremely effective. Try it for free right now. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash clones. ZipRecruiter really is the smartest way to hire. You wrote this amazing autobiography in 2011. Oh, yeah. And, and frankly, Ray, it's a book that's as candid as you're ever going to see from a Hall of Fame athlete. And you speak about a lot of things, and you're really open, and it's really raw. You talk about, for instance, the period where you battled drugs and alcohol. Right. As you look back, when did you begin to use, and how bad did it get? I, I started doing the cocaine. Uh, well, first was, uh, no, first alcohol. Uh, it was uh, 82, 1982, when I was trying to do what seemed the best for, not necessarily me, but for the, my, the public and my fans and things like that. I said, be it, because all my fans think, let, to let them know that I'm smart and I'm this and I'm that, I'm logical and this and that. And I retired not because I wanted to, but because I, I had to show the people, the world, that I was smart. But I, that didn't make me happy because my ophthalmologist said, Ray, 
you can sign. He said, you can go back out there. He said, with the technology we have now, the medical technology, your left eye, your right eye is just as good as your left eye. So that's why I came back. I came back. And also I came back because it saved my life because when I was fighting, I was clean. I didn't do the drugs. I didn't, I didn't drink like a, like a maniac. Um, getting back, I, I was drinking, all this kind of stuff, man. That, doing that, writing that book, doing that book, uh, took so much courage, uh, humility, willingness. I didn't want people to think that I was weak or that I was an alcoholic or I was a drug addict. And I was those things. And then we saw, I saw something on Todd Bridges on Oprah. And when he talked about that, that's what I, t- I told Michael Arquish, my, my writer. I said, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I said, by the way, I also was sexually abused. And he said, what, 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 what? So all these things I, I started talking about. And then when I did the book signing, and there was a lot of people there, I was a nervous wreck. I was shaking like a leaf. And then when people came up and said, hey, man, thank you so much. In fact, in fact, you know, by the way, that happened to me. And these were big men with beers, old guys, young guys. We hug, we cry. And that, that saved my life. I mean, Ray, that is so powerful and that is so raw that you you are a multiple world champion. You were a gold medalist. You were a fierce person. And as you mentioned, and you mentioned this in the book, you were a victim of child sexual abuse. Can you share, like, what happened exactly? What were you going through at that time? I was, I don't know, I was, was some guy, some, some guy who I, you know, I, I believed in so well. And uh, he took advantage of that. And uh, he had me in the car, and he went down on me. And I, I, and I remember vividly, I mean, like it, was, like it was yesterday, I jumped out of the car, I ran home, and I was crying like a baby. I got to my mother, got to the house, I, went, I didn't tell anyone. I laid in the bed and was crying myself to sleep. Next morning, I didn't say anything. Next year, I didn't say anything. Next five years, next ten years, I didn't say anything. So this thing... And didn't activate, didn't didn't come, didn't surface. This these feelings and this, oh, you, this happened to me. Didn't surface until I drank. Because now I'm 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 more at ease. Yeah, I would imagine, right? Drugs and alcohol to numb that pain later in life. Numb that pain, yeah, but temporarily. So what was it like, Ray, to put that on paper, to tell the entire world that after you carried that by yourself that whole time? When people come up to me when I'm traveling or whatever and say, hey, man, you know, thanks, man, it happened to me. That happened to my father. That happened to my brother. You know, that's a good feeling. Because, you know what, I made an impact and I was in the ring. And to do something that I really had no control over for the most part, that made an impact with, with just ordinary people. And I thought that was a blessing. So, Ray, if somebody listening right now experienced anything like that and is living with that pain and has never shared that and they don't know what to do, they don't know where to turn, what would you tell that person? i tell them to be a fighter outside the ring. You know what? And It's like a knockdown. It is a knockdown. But talk to, talk to your loved ones. Talk to someone who you trust. Don't keep it to yourself. It's, it's, you, can't, you can't win. 
The only way you win is when you talk about it. Ray, you started the Sugar Ray Leonard Foundation about a decade ago. Before I let you go, what kind of work are you doing with the foundation? Where are you focusing your time and your efforts now? Well, you know what? It's, it's been an incredible journey with my wife and I. Ten years ago, we started the Sugar Ray Leonard Foundation. The diabetes thing came up. Uh, my father uh, was diabetic. Uh, my friends, I bevailed their kids were diabetic. And... Um, you know, I, I partnered up with Children's Hospital Los Angeles, raising awareness, raising funds that goes towards research and programs that will benefit inner-city kids and kids in general. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, B. Riley and FBR, Inc. have been my partner for so long, for 10 years. And I tell you what, it, we can't win this thing against diabetes individually, mono mono. It takes a corner. It takes all of us to join forces together. Good for you, Ray. You know, you and I have known each other a long time. We've had conversations before. I always want to say this, Ray. I'd say maybe about two weeks ago, in fact, I know for a fact, I was on an airplane, and I was just kind of dialing around. It was a long, long flight, and then I was just watching their on-air TV flight, and there was a documentary, and I'm like, man, I got to get caught up with Ray. I got to connect with Ray. I got to get Ray on the podcast. I am so glad that I did, Ray. It is so good to spend time with you, and I've always appreciated you and the friendship, and they pay me not to say it, but... You really are one of my all-time favorite athletes, Ray. I love you, man. Thank you so much. I love you too, Ray. Thank you very much. Take care. Be sure you prepare for your summer road trip. Before you head out, head on over to O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simple preventative maintenance before you hit the road is going to ensure a safe journey during the summer months ahead. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Always great to get caught up proper with Sugar Ray Leonard. My thanks to him for the time and for the conversation. If you enjoyed what you just heard, be sure to cruise on over to Ray's Twitter feed, at Sugar Ray Leonard. Hit him up. Let him know your thoughts on the episode. Now, this is the time where I tell you to get subscribed to the podcast so you never miss another episode. And I don't just say that to say that. I say that because it is the easiest and best way to track this thing without doing any work or having to remember anything at all. Simply press subscribe on your podcast platform, and then all future episodes will automatically download to your device. It could not be any easier than that. Just do it. So I've been off for two weeks. Let's go ahead and roll what I can only assume is a fat reel of voicemail tape, and I will see you next Wednesday. First new message. Hey, Pimp in the Box, it's Tom from Green Bay. What's up, clones? Yeah, I just want to say, buddy, your son is going to love it here in Wisconsin. We're going to take care of him. We're going to do good. Come visit us anytime. We'll treat you right. We love you, man. And I'll tell you what, I would bet any cologne out there that I've listened longer to Pimp in the Box than anybody out there. God bless. Amen. Since the 90s. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Rome. It's Randy from New York. Hope you're doing well, brother. Used to be Randy from Santa Monica back in the day when you did the one-hour L.A. only show. We spent a lot of time talking. I spent a lot of time listening to you read the phone book when all the callers sucked. Anyway, man, you were just blowing up. I discovered the podcast recently, and I love that I didn't discover it at the beginning. It gives me 80-plus episodes to go through, so I have something to listen to pretty much every day while I'm waiting for the next Wednesday when you have some another epic guest. Message saved. Next message. Romy, 
It's Shane Lowry. I just got done on a four-day bender in Ireland. So I just had to say one thing. Rory, tell me how my ass tastes. And also, why didn't anybody bloody tell me about the jungle open? I'd have skipped Ireland in a heartbeat, mate. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Jim, what's up? This is David from Buffalo. Thank goodness the Bills did not end up with Antonio Brown. What an idiot this guy is. I mean, are you kidding me? Good Lord, I don't care how good this guy is. He's a jackass. Message saved. Next message. Jim, F82, holy shit. Dude, Roger fucking Lodge. Holy shit. Holy Lodge. Good job with Roger Lodge. I think episode 100 should be 100 minutes of Parody Larry. Message saved. Next message. Romy Rome, this is uh, Kevin in Michigan, longtime listener to your radio show. Just discovered uh, the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, just want to say to all the runners out there, training for a marathon, great way to kill a couple hours that you're out on the road running. And uh, I just checked out back-to-back Armin Katayan, Chad Millman, and Arian Foster on backlogs of the podcast. I'm burning through them because i got a lot of long runs in front of me. Training for the Marine Corps Marathon in October. And uh, Rome, I appreciate you, and the interviews are great. And I hope all the phones get caught up like I am. I'm out. Message saved. Next message. Holy shit. I can't believe this thing still works. I still had it in my phone. This is uh, Brian from Cincinnati. I've uh, been listening to your show for a long time, man. Just wanted to jump on and say what's up. Hopefully everything goes all right with the upcoming season for the Browns. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for the jungle jungle karma on, on the Browns, my man. I hope they do well. Peace. Message saved. Next message. Van Smack. Kevin in Orlando, I just got to give you kudos for the self-flush montage that Alvy had put together. That thing is amazing. I cannot wait till it is a whole segment long. That that just puts us in cloud nine while listening to it. I am dying laughing, crying the whole time, every time you play it. So keep it up. Thank you, Alvy, for putting it together. Peace. Message saved. Next message. Yo, Van Smack. This is Darren and Kuna, and fuck you, Matt in L.A. Message deleted. Next message. Jimmy, hey, Scabs here. Hey, can you cut the shit and quit fucking around already and get Ricky Henderson on the podcast? Podcast 100. Message deleted. Next message. Who the hell is watching tennis? Tennis sucks. We're the NFL. Message deleted. Next message. Rome, Justin, and Melbourne. Ray Leonard had a lot of great moments, but i got to be honest with you. My favorite moment of Ray Leonard was when he guest appeared on the Great Space Coaster with all those Muppets. Message deleted. Next message. What's up, Romy? It's Walt. Just uh, driving into work Monday morning. Get on the tweet deck. Boom, baby! Looks like you made it. Radio Hall of Fame. Congratulations, man. Just want to call. Say you're kicking ass. Keep kicking ass. Love the show. Love everything you do. Well-deserved on the Hall of Fame. Just happy for you, man. Keep it up. Message saved. Next message. Jimmy, what it do, baby? Message deleted. You have no more messages.